0: Welcome back to Your 1230, the only podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of 12 questions in just 30 minutes. Today, we are very excited to be joined by Dr. Chaz Austin. For the past 20 years, Dr. Charles Michael Austin has worked with clients all over the world, advising leaders on how to be more effective in training workers to market themselves in the gig economy. He has been a college professor for over 20 years teaching a wide range of courses in business, leadership, and communication. Dr. Chaz, welcome. We are uh, thrilled to talk to you today.
1: Good good to be here, Mike. Thank you.
0: You got it. And let's start there. With the uh, shift to the gig economy, What is uh, what does your curriculum look like now, and how has that changed over the last 20 years?
1: Um the first thing we have to do is reorient people to the gig economy uh, some of them haven't even heard of it and don't know what it is and don't know that they're in it so it's a it's an upsetting kind of conversation to have with them because very often my clients and my students come into working with me with the idea of you know, just fix my resume and get me a job the old 20th century model And I tell them, no, 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 they've changed the playing field and the rules entirely. And you're going to have to learn that you have a brand and what it is and how to market it. And I don't want to hear that (laughs) is the response. Um, uh, Just get me a job. Um, And it's the jobs are going away. It's more looking for work.
0: So that's a great topic. And I want to dig in and follow up there with with that change I'm sure that obviously impacts not only work seekers job seekers but also employers and their expectation how how are they changing to instead of having polished resumes and, and people looking for 25 30 year careers to have you know shorter uh shorter 10 years what what are what are they looking for differently how do they look for it how do how do you help your students kind of prepare what those uh, employers are looking for now
1: Employers are generally not looking for a long-term relationship. They want somebody slotted in to do that job for X number of weeks or months. Period. So they they need specialists, um, and they're uh, so so the emphasis is on this is the job that's that we need to be done. Uh, can you fill it for us? Uh, they're still checking resumes and so on, but. Um, the, the real emphasis is short term, let's get this done. And thank you very much. And if we need you again, we'll call you.
0: Okay. Uh, so it sounds like there's some pushback from the students, but you also work with clients who have a at least some experience in the industry, if not, uh, you know, haven't been working for a while and are, are looking to maybe be a little more entrepreneurial. What what are you hearing from people who have had uh, traditional nine to fives and are looking to change gears or to, to kind of adapt as, as we uh, see the economy continue to change?
1: We're used to, as a culture, having what our parents and grandparents had, which is the stability of a corporation that you are loyal to and takes care of you and you work with for decades. So again, it's an upset for people that they have to think entrepreneurially and that they're not going to find that safe harbor because it's not being offered, particularly when they get older. They have all that experience, as you said, and it's not valued. Um, they'll A company will find someone half, half the age for half the price. And they'll slot them in into the position. So I've created something called the multiple income streams approach, where you start looking at yourself as a business, and you see what it is you offer and find people who can use you to do those tasks. Um, and then you don't have just one employer, you have essentially a series of clients who you work with on and off over time. And if you do a good job, they'll refer you. So you always have money coming in.
0: Very nice. And if you could, you talk about you mentioned employers looking for specialists for more short-term roles. How you can kind of have specialists and multiple income streams? Kind of put those in in comparison to each other, or how can you how can you do both?
1: Well, uh, interestingly, I have a, a a good friend of mine who just uh, lost his job after ten years. His uh, this happened last week, uh, and he is a graphic designer. So what I suggested to him, I said, I, "If uh, let me give you my opinion, even though you didn't ask for it. He's not quite ready to start looking. He's just, this is his last week at his job. I said, you've built up enough of a reputation um, and enough knowledge and a very deep and broad list of contacts. So what you want to do is take any kind of freelance work you can get, and then you've got money coming in from various sources. And if in time, one of those clients says, you know what, we'd love to have you work full time, then you've got a full-time job uh, if you choose to accept it. Uh, And if you don't, you've always got money coming in because people know you and will refer you. So he's going to, I think, do both at the same time. And this way he's not stuck waiting for that one call for that one job. There's always money coming in.
0: So That's that's a really good example of how doing you know, graphic design specifically and doing one role for multiple types of clients. Do you work at all with either your clients or your students about having different roles, skill sets, uh, deliverables uh, as far as different income streams? Because besides losing a job, an industry might get uh, s- severely disrupted, changed, or come to a halt altogether and, and be replaced by... Uh, you know, a, a a workforce that is more uh, computer based or AI based. So, is there any in is there any way that you can reconcile being a specialist with doing different tasks or being able to change when needed?
1: Yes, you could have two or three income streams for each of the jobs that you can do or each of the kinds of work you can do. Um, I, have a, I have an old friend who's a, uh, she was an opera singer, an attorney, and an artist. So the, 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 that's, that's three, three entirely different careers, uh, which she's not singing anymore. Well, she is singing, actually. <laughs> she's doing some, she's doing coffee houses. But uh, what that evolved into was that she runs museums, which ties in her work as an artist and her work uh, as an attorney. So you want to limit it to two or three, otherwise you're going to make yourself crazy. But if there are say, two distinct things you can do, you can go after those markets. And uh, if you can stay sane, uh, you have essentially two different careers at the same time.
0: She's a really good example of being able to do multiple different roles there. I don't think I would have been able to guess those on my own. So thank you for uh, for painting that picture. If somebody is doing, you know, kind of the traditional one career and they're looking for for a way to branch out, try something new, or to go down that entrepreneurial path, how have you been able to kind of help people get there? Or is there any activities, exercises they can try and say, yes, this is a hobby that I can become uh, you know, make turn into a profession or more profitable, or or this should probably stay a hobby. Is there anything people can do to kind of test that out before they jump two feet in?
1: Yes. What you want to do, as I tell my clients, is work in the field where you're going to generate the most revenue to start. So that's career A. Now I'm 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 working as an accountant, for example, and I want to be a nurse. Great. So how are there any transferable skills from working as an accountant to go into nursing? Um So you've got money coming in as an accountant. Now you start to network with people in the nursing profession to learn what it is that, what would it take for me to become a nurse? What kind of training, what kind of degree, uh, how much time, how much money would it take? Um, And so you've always got that bedrock income as an accountant, which you're now bored with, that's why you're going into nursing. And uh, slowly you build into nursing. You, uh, you work as an accountant all day and you go to nursing school at night. And eventually you start to get work as a nurse and then the accounting stuff will taper off. Uh, you do wanna look at, there might be things, again, as an accountant, transferable skills that you can use as a nurse. And maybe someday uh, you, run, uh, you run a hospital or you run the nurses in a hospital and your accounting background uh, keeps you focused. On, on the bottom line and not spending too much money. So you want you want to always look at that. So you have the, you have the, the basic income you're getting from what you've already done, and that frees you because um, you don't have to worry about money as much. and you also have going to have to spend extra time going into this new field.
0: That's that's really helpful because there is the transferable piece. And there is also, as your reference, ways to use those skills down the line as well. So it's not just here's what I can do to bring here. I can continue to leverage those skills, use what I've learned in this field and, and bring it with me. Uh, as somebody who wears a lot of hats and probably tried on way too many, I'll often get asked or get looked that, like, well, how, how do you do all those things? Why, you know, why can't you? Why isn't it traditional? Why why is there multiple things or how can that be? Isn't that a conflict? So I guess my rambling question here is, are you seeing it more acceptable in the kind of general population with employers, employees, that people are doing this and that, that it is a business card with opera singer, attorney, nurse, uh, multiple other things that they're doing, or is it still kind of the expectation is I have a nine to five and, and that's that's what I do that defines kind of what I am.
1: It actually is changing. People are more accepting of the fact that you do, you have multiple careers, you do different things. What you need to be focused on is the audience, always. So if you're you're an attorney and a dog walker, um, I don't want to hear about your dog walking skills if I'm looking to hire an attorney and vice versa. Yes, I'm interested in what I'm interested in and being market driven and understanding your audience, you focus on what they need. So if I'm looking for a dog walker, I don't care about anything else you've done. I don't care about your hobbies. I don't care about your personal life. I want referrals from people who say this guy's a great dog walker. I'm also an attorney. Well, that's nice, but I don't care. I'm not hiring an attorney. I want I want you to walk my dogs. Great. Let's do that. When when would you like me to start? So it's it's just separating that out. It's like having uh different parts of your brain focus on different things uh that you can do for people who will pay you.
0: Okay? Uh thank you and You've mentioned your, your clients a couple of times here. Who do you, it sounds like there's obviously either they be, they're friends who become clients or clients who become friends, but who generally do you work with uh, as clients uh, to kind of help them in this transition?
1: It's, boy, I've worked with people from ages 14 to 84. And, and interestingly, it's the same conversation. What am I going to do now? What am I, I just got out of high school. What am I going to do now? I'm 84 years old. Um, I still have energy. I have a, a huge knowledge base and lots of contacts. What do I want to do next in my life? Um, so it's it's all over the place, but it's the same thing. How are you going to make your life meaningful and earn a decent living doing that?
0: And how do you help them kind of figure out what's next?
1: Um, the first question is, what do you want to do? And very often they don't know. And I tell them that's perfectly acceptable. Um, The second question is, who do you know in the field? If you choose to, let's say, go in nursing, who can you talk to that can help guide you? Um, So uh, if to roll back, if they, they don't know what they wanna do, I'll say, pick three industries you think you might like to work in and start talking to people in your database, friends, family, whatever, I wanna work as a nurse. I don't know anything about nursing, but it's something I've always wanted to do. Do you know any nurses? Do you know anyone in medicine, in the healthcare field? Oh yes, actually my my friend is a nurse. Why don't you talk to her, I'll set up a meeting. And you slowly start to learn. And it, like dating, you, you may find, boy, you know, I thought I wanted to be a nurse. I talked to this nurse and a couple other people that she, she referred me to. I don't wanna be a nurse, that's terrible. Good, okay? You wound up not marrying that field. Now you pick another field, and if you find that's something you're interested in, you like the people, and this is stimulating, you go after that. Um, and it's it's rather simple on paper. Uh, it's the execution that's tough. People have all the fears and so on. I can't, can't do it. I'm too old, la, 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 all that stuff. Um, and I help them push through that, and they create a new life for themselves.
0: Very nice. and I you you mentioned the fear and that on paper this makes sense, but either fear, rejection, a couple of those pieces come together. How do you have any examples of how you kind of help someone get through that or I know that stops a lot of people from trying many different things they want to try. Is there any uh, tricks, tips, anything they can do to help them get past the, the fear of the unknown or fear of being told no?
1: I I created a concept I think I created this called monetizable passion that you have to understand the distinction between, boy, I'm really passionate about this, the old, you know, do what you love and the money will follow. Uh, no, <laughs> there's a, a great line about that, which is, I, I, I read do what you love and the money will follow. So I sit here, I drink tequila, I eat cookies and I wait. It <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work like that. Um, I had a a student once in one of my courses who uh, when he filled out the initial form, the student information form, um, and it said, what's your short term, long term goal? He said customer service. And as we worked with other people in the course, he said, I want that paper back. I always wanted to be an actor and I'm going to push for that. Okay. And I realized that I was afraid. And so I I used customer service as sort of a fallback, but that's not really what I want to do. And I think I can find a way to be an actor and make a living at it. Um, So, so they drive it, but again, is it monetizable or is it just going to be a hobby? I mean, he, he's an actor, but he doesn't really make a living at it. So he does customer service, but acts on the side. So he gets his jollies off, um doing the acting but is not reliant on that to pay the bills. Okay.
0: Thank thank you for 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 that example and helping us out there. Kind of stealing one of the terms, getting your jollies off. What do you do when you are not shaping young minds or working with these clients? How do you uh how do you uh, have fun or quote unquote get your jollies off?
1: I I work out every day. Um a lot of reading. Um a lot of Netflix, (laughs) watching movies and so on. I I live a couple of miles from the um, uh, museum of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. So I visit there on a regular basis. And my wife and I do, we we do trips and so on. And we have a dog and a cat and that's, that's a, there's a job right there. Um, So I have a very full life um, and know how to relax too, which I think is really important. I mean, my work is important, but um, not not 24-7. Sometimes you have to take a break and that way you're more effective, I think, when you come back to it.
0: I think that's really important that whatever that boundary is, if you have one role, 10 different roles, being able to know when and where, uh, time for one should start one one should bleed over is important. And I know that that takes time. So that's, that, I'm glad that you said that. Uh, and you also mentioned in that answer, you know, more, being more effective by being able to set those boundaries. Uh, I know that that's something that, uh, from the bio, that's what you work on your clients with, you work with your students with how, how are you helping others become more effective when, uh, A lot of times people hear that it's like, I just need to work harder. I need to work more. I need to put more resources in to get more out. How do you help them uh, not necessarily do one of those things, but be more effective in general?
1: Um, What I tell them, and it sounds funny, but how little can you work? How, for example, let's say you're a coder. And when you start coding as a kid, uh, it takes you 12 hours to do something. But as you get better and better at it, it takes you two hours and your clients are not paying for your time they're paying for results so really the game is how efficient can i be uh how can i how can i make this work in a short amount of time and please the client and then take the day off and go to the beach because they got what they needed nobody pats you on the back for how hard you work they pat you on the back cuz you got the job done they don't care how so once they look at it that way it's like ooh i If I enlarge my database of contacts and a client has a question, I can call a specialist and get an answer in one minute, which would take five hours on Google. Um, That's that makes me more powerful and more effective um, in terms of helping the people that I'm working with and for.
0: Uh, that, that is a great answer. And I, I want to follow up there, the time versus results. I think that goes hand in hand with the first thing that we talked about is that people, especially students, they want a job, they want their resume cleaned up, they, they want to go down that traditional path that they know similarly that it's like, I need to work this amount of time, or it's, I need to put in this amount of uh, time behind a desk on a phone behind a computer screen versus the results that actually it doesn't matter what you do, how long you do it. It's what are you producing? How are you making somebody's, somebody else's job life easier, better, more effective? Um, so I, I, when you say that to me they kind of go hand in hand that it's forget about how much time what what are you what are you producing forget about your resume how can you make yourself more marketable um, is that something else you also get pushed back in from either students who are unfamiliar with it or people that have worked you know 40 hours for 40 years and that's just the way they think it is or is that something that is, this, is this a comparison I'm drawing that's not there
1: interesting you bring that up we're still living in that 20th century model of you got to put in your eight or 10 hours a day. You got to be at your desk. You got all that stuff. You got to attend the meeting and so on. I think part of the fear for people is I I don't have those restrictions anymore. If I can do the job in two hours, no one's going to berate me because why weren't you at your desk? You're supposed to be here for eight hours a day. I mean, when I've taught courses sometimes um i i occasionally have taught in evening sessions so the courses are six to ten at night these are people who've worked all day and i tell them uh, by nine o'clock i could stand on my head nothing is going to uh, get absorbed by you because you're wiped yes so let don't tell don't tell the administration but if When we get the work done, probably around nine o'clock, we're done. It's not a question of time. It's a question of, did you get the work done? So if you could do it uh, quickly and efficiently and the client's happy, you're good. But I think we're still tethered to that old idea of you got to put your time in. Well, you don't. You really don't. Um, You need to focus on what the client needs and take care of them and do it as quickly as you can and as well as you can. And you're good to go. And so and they're happy.
0: And I think that's that's a great example with the classroom that, yeah, we can be here for an extra hour, but it's 9 to 10 p.m. You've been going for 12 plus hours. It doesn't matter what I'm going to say. It's not useful to you. And if we're going to be here just to check a box, it's not worth it. Um, I also think the kind of converse of that is true is just because you did the four hours or did the 40 hours does not make your work product any more valuable where it's like, this is one of this, you know, as the end user, I'm not, this is not what I was looking for. I don't care that you put 40 hours into it. So it's kind of understanding that audience, this is what they're looking for. How can I get it to them most effectively, most efficiently? I think you've done a real good job kind of talking us through that. What is the title of your course, if I could ask, or courses?
1: There are two courses I teach at Los Angeles Pierce College and have done so for over five and a half years. Um, uh, Los Angeles Pierce College is part of the L.A. Community College District, which is the largest one in the country. The way it works is once you have a course set in and it takes a year to get a course set, um, the course title remains the same, (laughs) even though the content changes. So the first course is called 30 Ways to Shine as a New Employee. Well, if you don't have a job, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, so we just call it 30 Ways. Um, The follow-up course is called Blueprint for Workplace Success, which is, that's a dead-on title, and really it's part one and part two. Uh, Part one is a a 12-hour course to reorient people. And then the second part of it, the Blueprint for Workplace Success, that's the workshop. So we can actually work on your interviewing skills and refine the resume and work on your social media um, and start to hook up with people who can forward your career, who you can talk to and offer your services. And they can say, oh, we need somebody like that. Or I have a colleague who can use exactly that. Let me put you in touch with her.
0: That's wonderful. And the idea of having students learn or have a curriculum based on what they're going to be doing next or useful in the workplace, at least to me, is something fairly new the last 20 to 25 years, where it's that this is going to be a hands-on, not necessarily the type of work you're doing, but here is the types of things, networking, you know, being able to uh, communicate in a way that is useful to you and for your career. I think it's really fantastic because I don't think that's always been something that uh, academia has included and or valued. Um, with the 30 ways topic, what where do you start? Because it sounds like there's a lot of, a lot covered there. Where do you start and what do you hope that each student kind of walks away at the end of the semester with?
1: Um, I show them a PowerPoint which lays out the uh, foundation of the course which is things first, first part is things have changed. This is what's new and this is what you're going to need to do. And I always begin the PowerPoint by saying, this will be upsetting to you. Hang in there with me. They will get depressed. Like, Hey, I'm doing all the right things and I have to learn all these new techniques. I don't want to, thanks for sharing. (laughs) I'm (laughs) not interested in what you want, interested in having you make money doing what you like or love. Um, So that's the first part of it. Um, And then uh, I introduce, everyone introduces themselves and I I work on a whiteboard in the room um, where we uh, define what their brand is based on what they're looking for. And I use a SWOT analysis, um, which business people are familiar with, which is usually used for companies but I found it very useful to use it for individuals since essentially you're gonna start looking at yourself as a business and thinking entrepreneurially. So what is it you offer? What's missing and, and what's the nature of the workplace? Does, this make, does it make sense? I know you've always wanted to be a coal miner. Does it really make sense for you to go into coal mining? Um, here are some resources you want to look at so that you can realize no bad time. Probably let's find something else. And if I need to, and, and absolutely have a, a, a Jones for it, um, I'll do coal mining for fun for uh, two weeks every year when I have vacation. Um, so, so that's essentially the setup. Um, and what happens is they were upset at first of course new rules oh my god i have to learn all this stuff i didn't want to learn um and then eventually i can see it in their eyes they come around and go you know what I don't like doing this, but this really is a new answer. This is the future. You've created a new possibility for me I didn't even see before. And I don't have to be dependent at the age of 60 on trying to find a job talking to some 20-year-old who thinks I'm grandpa and wouldn't hire me in a second or in a year. Um, So you you can see the shift. And then they start networking in the room because I'm teaching networking and I tell them my job is now referee. You got the course. Uh, my job is just okay. We need to move on to to another to uh, another issue. Um, so um, then it becomes really fun for them. And, and a lot of them have told me over the years um, that. Um, hang on one sec. A lot of them have told me over the years that my my voice is in their heads.
0: That's that's, that's quite a compliment.
1: Yes, it really is, it really is. it, it helps drive them and I'm, I'm it's very gratifying work to be able to do that and see the shift in people. And again, I, one of the slides actually says, um, I don't I don't I don't want to sell. I don't like it and I don't want to and and then the answer is you don't have to like it. Uh, really? Yeah, you don't have to like it. You just have to do it. Yes, you learn, to use a, you learn to use a smartphone. It was intimidating at first. And now it's part of your life. So you never have to like selling yourself, marketing yourself, marketing your brand and all that. But um, uh, you're, it's something you're going to need to do. That's all. I don't like driving. Well, I live in LA. <laughs> you want to get around? You don't have to like it. You just have to do it.
0: Oh, that's 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 a great story to kind of take us into the classroom with you to see what your students are expecting, what they're learning, and what they're walking away with after after pushing back some. Um, I could ask you plenty of questions on that, but we are coming up on time. So I will just ask, what are you currently watching on Netflix?
1: Um, well, I will recommend – I think it was Netflix. Um, I will recommend Money Heist, which I finished recently, which is maybe the best series I've ever seen on television, period. Okay. Okay. Um, and if, if people haven't seen it, it's, it's a Spanish, it's made in Spain um, and absolutely brilliant and riveting. And everyone I've turned on to it has gotten completely hooked by it. So uh, that's, I just fit, recently, my wife and I finished watching that one. So that's a, a strong recommendation for Money Heist.
0: It's <laughs> a hell of an endorsement. So I think everybody should check that out. Uh, we've covered a pretty good uh, area. Dr. Chaz, anything I didn't ask you today that I probably should have?
1: Wow. I, I think your questions were great and, and very complete. No, I I think that's fine. I think that's, I don't, I don't think anyone cares what I like to eat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sure somebody does, but
1: okay. (laughs) Somebody does, but not, not for this, not for this podcast. Um no, I, I think I think we got it covered. If you're happy, I'm happy. And and if uh your listeners get value out of it, then we, we got our job done.
0: Agreed and excellent to hear. If those listeners want to either find out more or connect with you, where could they do that?
1: Um I the best place would be um my LinkedIn profile, um Dr. Chaz Austin, C-H-A-Z, last name like the capital of Texas. Um and they can follow me on LinkedIn. I Unfortunately, LinkedIn puts a limit on how many connections you can have. And I passed that a long time ago, but people can follow me. And and it's very much about not just my activities, but things that would be of use and interest to people who are looking for work.
0: Very nice. So we will post all of those links as well as a couple of others. Uh, and Dr. Chaz, this has been a ton of fun. Thank you for uh, joining us today.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. It was great questions. And and the format, again, I think is terrific. I
0: appreciate that. Thank you.